0: We are, on these Sunday evenings, where we're looking at um, stories that Jesus told. Jesus was like a master storyteller. You know when you go to the movie, you know when you see a really good film and it, and it just, the story, the, the way that it's told, the twist at the end, the, or when you get a really good book and really get into the story, but... When Jesus told stories, um, when he communicated the truth of the gospel, he captivated his audience. Um, it says that those that listened to him were amazed because he taught them in a way that the teachers of the day were not teaching with an authority that the people of the day and the leaders of the day did not have and Jesus confounded them with his stories so tonight we 're going to look at one of the stories that Jesus told and um, We're looking at the parable of the unmerciful servant, and it's the story that Sam read for us at the start of our service uh, tonight, from Matthew chapter 18, uh, verses 21 to 35. The passage starts with Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, asking a question, and the question was not, should I forgive someone? Peter was savvy enough. He he knew he'd listened to Jesus for a while now. He knew what Jesus was saying about forgiveness. So he thought he'd come up with a better question than should I forgive someone? But how many times, Lord? How many times should I forgive somebody who's done wrong to me? Where's the line, God? Where's the line, Jesus? What's a reasonable amount of forgiveness for someone? So this is the question that Peter asks Jesus. And that is the premise for the story that Jesus tells. And, And Peter offers a potential answer. How many times, Lord? Up to seven times? Is that a good amount of forgiveness? That I should forgive someone? And Jesus said, not seven times, Peter, but 77 times or 70 times seven, depending on which version you read. And then Jesus told a story to illustrate this point that he was making as he answered Peter. And he said there was a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So he was looking through the ledger and he's seeing who owed him what. And he wanted to settle accounts. And, and such a body owes me so much. Call him in. Let's set, settle, settle the accounts. See what everybody owes. And um, as he does this, he decides he wants his money back. It's payback time. And we read the story. And it says, a man who owed him in my version of the Bible, uh, Sam's was slightly different with bags of gold, but in my version it says ten thousand talents. A man who owed him ten thousand talents, and then in my margin of my Bible it says equals millions, millions of dollars or millions of pounds. A huge amount of money that this guy owes. A man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to the king, one of his servants, and the fact that Jesus was putting over was that it was an amount that the servant would never, ever be able to pay back by his own means. It was was just a a, a sum of money that was eye-watering, that even if he worked for the rest of his life, he'd never be able to pay back millions of pounds, millions of dollars. In verse 25, the master demands payment for this debt, but he can't pay, so he demands that he... And his wife and his kids all be sold, along with everything he has, to pay towards the debt that he owes. This would have been the punishment of the day for an unpaid debt. And we read in the story that Jesus tells, the man fell to his knees and he started to sing that Duffy song. I'm begging you for mercy. Why won't you release me? That's what he did. He he said, please have mercy on me. Just be patient with me. I'll pay back everything. I just need a bit more time. I know this geezer and uh, I've got contacts. I'll get you your money. This is not a statement of fact by this guy. It's one of those movie moments, you know, with Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. who's like, just give me a bit of time and I'll pay you back. I know this guy. I'll sort it out. Just don't shoot me. And it's kind of one of those moments. It's not that this guy will ever be able to pay back his debt, but he's just trying to play for time. He doesn't want to be thrown into prison. He doesn't want his wife and kids sold. And the master knows this, and he knows that he'll never be able to pay back what he owes. It could go either way, but in verse 27, we read, the servant's master took pity on him. He cancelled the debt, and he let him go. Just imagine that moment for a a second, you owe somebody millions of pounds. You're about to be thrown into jail. There's no way you can pay it back. And there's this moment Jesus says the servant's master took pity on him. He looked at this guy. He said, he's never going to pay that back. I'm going to wipe the debt completely. I'm going to completely cancel it. One minute this man is on his knees. He's begging and he's sinking fast and remounting of debt he will never be able to repay. His life and that of his family are on the line. And the next minute, his master wipes out the whole debt in one go and tells him he is free to go. Free, you say? Free? free? The debt is cancelled? It's cancelled? The debt is cancelled? Can we, can we just clarify exactly what you mean by cancelled? You mean it's, it's gone forever? Paid in full? Millions of pounds? Yet, yeah, the master said, you are now debt free and wiping it out. He backs his way out of the room. He turns around, and he skips down the the steps of the palace, doing a fairly dodgy impression of Queen's I Want to Break Free, (laughs) while playing the air guitar and dancing down the steps of the palace. He can't believe it. He cannot believe what's just happened to him. And in verse 28, as he's dancing along the road playing air guitar, and doing Freddie Mercury impressions. Out of, the corner of, out of the corner of his eye, he spots somebody that owes him 75p. He's been, he, he, he was, uh, this guy had been buying a Mars bar at the corner shop. And he realized he'd left his wallet at home. He said, can you lend me 75p? And this guy said, all right, I'll lend you 75p. And so he gives him this small amount of money. And now the air guitarist stops in his tracks and he runs over to this guy and he grabs him by the throat and he starts to choke him and throttle him. He grapples him to the ground and he starts to squeeze the living daylights out of him. I'm going to make you pay, buddy. I'm going to make you pay. You owe me 75p. You're going to pay me back. And these words, not quite these words, I kind of might have paraphrased them slightly, but these words, they're all in red in my Bible. This tells me that they were spoken by Jesus. He's really delivering this story. Peter has like got his mouth open as he's listening to Jesus, along with all the others. They're completely spellbound about the story that Jesus is telling, they're caught up in this story that he's telling. And Jesus now has the second servant repeat the same words that the first servant said to the king, who he owed millions of pounds. He's also on his knees, and he starts to sing, let me go, let me go. And the first servant sings back, this is the musical version of the story, I will not let you go. (laughs) Like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, let me go. He said, you owe me 75 pence. I'm not letting you go until you pay me back. And this first guy now, the servant, the first servant who owed millions of pounds, he's kneeling on this guy and he's having a full-on bout of self-righteousness at this moment. Indignation, he's salivating as he thinks, this guy owes me 75 pi am going to get my money back. And he's caught up in the moment and the righteousness of his cause. And he says to the other servant, you're going to jail, mate, if you don't pay me back. Until you can pay me back my 75p, you're going to jail. You owe me. You owe me big time. And he says, send him down. Take him to jail. He's not going to pay his debt to me. Now, some of the other servants who were hanging out near the palace see this scene. And they can't quite believe their eyes. They can't believe their ears. They can't believe what they're seeing. And it says in Jesus' story, they're greatly distressed. And they go to tell the king of what they've just seen. You will never believe what we just saw. And the king is so incensed at what he hears that he calls the servant back in. <clears throat> and in verses 32 to 34 of the story, we, we read his response um, to, to, what, uh, to what is happening. 34. Um, Matthew eighteen thirty-two to thirty-four. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. He turned him over to the jailers to be tortured. And then in verse 35, the punchline to Jesus' story. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Boom. (laughs) There's silence in the room. Peter's doodling on his notepad. Seventy times seven Don't ask Jesus any more questions. (laughs) The story ends with the man who's been forgiven so much. And yet he refuses to forgive the debt owed to him. He ends up being tortured and put into prison. Which is a pretty stark picture of what happens to us when we refuse to forgive people who do us wrong. We end up being tortured and put in prison by our unforgiveness and our bitterness. And this teaching of Jesus, this story that he tells, it leaves them slack-jawed and open-mouthed. It's not a one-off bit of teaching for Jesus. He repeats it on a number of occasions. When teaching the disciples how to pray, the Lord teaches us to pray and he, he teaches them this line. He says, I want you to pray like this, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And then he adds a clarifying comment to that bit of teaching that he gives his followers. And he says, at the end of that prayer, he says, If you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And in Mark 11:25, 25, Jesus says, When you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Jesus says it. Loud and clear. He makes it so clear. He says, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. If you want God to forgive you, you must forgive those that have wronged you. And if you do not forgive, you will end up a tortured soul. There's an old hymn that speaks of the size of our debt that we owed Jesus. It says he he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, all day long. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. The Bible is very clear that we're all of us sinners and we're all wrongdoers and we're all culprits. We're all guilty of breaking God's law. And sins are not just the things that we do, they're the things that we think and the things that we say and the things that we don't do, that we should do. And these are our debts. And they add up. And we are all so far in the red, there's no way we can pay. And the cost of sin, God says, the payment for sin, which is owed for sin, is death. I don't know. Have you ever lied? A little lie? A white lie? A convenient lie? Have you ever felt lust? Jealousy? Have you ever lost your temper? You ever wanted. You don't have to say yes to all of these. Don't shout out. <laughs> you will be here all night. Wanted something that someone else has and that you don't? Have you ever failed to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength? Have you ever been critical or judgmental about someone? Have you ever made snide comments? Have you ever gossiped? Have you ever left anyone out? Have you ever looked down on someone? Have you ever derided someone? Have you ever watched something on TV? Looked at something on the internet? Have you ever been disrespectful to your parents? Have you ever sneered at them, disobeyed them? Have you ever broken a promise? Have you ever been materialistic or greedy? Have you ever put anything or anyone above God in your life? Have you ever gotten so busy that you didn't rest properly and have a day off? Have you ever stolen, stolen an idea, watched a pirate video, downloaded something from the internet that you should have paid for? Have you ever sworn? Have you ever had questionable motives? Have you ever failed to live up to God's standard of... Perfection. Have you ever? Lord, says the psalmist, if you kept a record of sins, who could survive? And actually, your best efforts to be good, your very best efforts, your Sunday best efforts to be good, the Bible says, is like dirty rags even when you're on your best behavior, compared with the perfection of God, you cannot stand. We're all sin-infected, the Bible says in Isaiah, in the message version. We're all sin-contaminated. Our best efforts are grease-stained rags. We owed a debt we could not pay. And the payment for sin Jesus says, is death, which is why Jesus died on a cross for you and for me. And as we look at Jesus hanging on the cross, and we could show some pretty gruesome pictures as that's been depicted of his nail-pierced hands and the blood streaming down his face and the crown of thorns on his head and his back ripped open with a cat of nine tails And as we see him hanging there on the cross, Isaiah says, it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. It was our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. And Paul writes the Colossians and he says, he took your debt and he he cancelled it. He nailed it to the cross. And he said, tetelestai, it's paid in full. I've paid your debt. It's gone. Your debt of sin that you could never pay, it's nailed to the cross. Paid in full. Released. A debt that you and I could never pay. Not in a million years. And that's the first half of Jesus' story. We owed millions. We could never pay it. Our debt's been wiped out. He paid a debt that Jesus never owed, but he paid it for us anyway. And so we pray, forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And that's the second part of the story that Jesus tells. And so who owes you? Who owes you? Who do you feel like choking? Who would you like to get your hands on and sort them out? Who would you love to strangle? Oh, stop looking so self righteous. (laughs) I know you've got people in mind. Who would you like to throw in prison? Who would you like to punish? Who would you like to see punished? Who would you like to see getting what is due to them for what they have done? Who do you wanna make sure they never get let off the hook? Who do you have special nasty names for? Who can you not look in the eye? Who comes to your mind? What area of unforgiveness or bitterness is imprisoning you or torturing you? You have been in the presence of a king who has written off your massive, unpayable debt. And you need to write off the debt of the person who owes you a relatively small amount compared to what God has forgiven you. And if you don't forgive them, Jesus says, your heavenly father cannot and will not forgive you. You won't lose your salvation, but you will lose a sense of God's presence. And you'll lose your peace. And you may even get physically ill as a result. God knows the destructive nature of unforgiveness. Which is why this is a non-negotiable for him. It starts with a fresh look and a revelation of the mercy and the grace of God in your life. And then you start on the road to forgiveness. You take the first steps on the journey. And this, says Jesus, this is the kingdom of God. And so Peter comes and he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive? Seven times, is that a good amount? Jesus says, 70 times seven. You have no idea, Peter, how much you've been forgiven and how much you need to forgive. And I wonder if any of us tonight need to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our debts, Lord, as we forgive those who have debts against us. You see, if you think that forgiveness is letting someone off the hook if you think forgiveness is saying, it's okay what you did to me, or it's, it's, it's diminishing or, or minimizing, it's not. It's saying, what you did to me was wrong. I blame you for what you did to me, but I forgive you. I forgive you your debt to me, and you release them, but you release yourself. So as you close your eyes now in the semi-darkness where nobody's looking at you and nobody can see you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And what I've found with forgiveness over the years, it's a, tough, it's a tough gig, it's difficult and it takes time. And sometimes I think we rush to forgiveness and you know, we're Christians, we've got to forgive. But I think sometimes we've got to feel the anger, we've got to feel the blame, We've got to feel the hostility. We've got to feel that and live up to that emotion, the reality of it. And then we've got to start to give it to Jesus. Start to speak out that forgiveness. It's a journey. It takes a while sometimes. But God will help us. When we see the mercy and the grace that God has had in our lives and the challenges, we really must forgive as we have been forgiven. So let me pray for you tonight. And if you... If somebody came to your mind when I was asking those questions or some situation that's still got a hold of you, then let me pray for you and let me ask God to touch you and to help you, maybe to take the first little steps of forgiveness for his Holy Spirit to soften your heart towards that person and to recognize that maybe they're not a complete and utter animal. Maybe they're a human being like you are, a failed human being. Maybe they need the forgiveness of God like you do. So, Father, I pray for each one of us as we sit in your presence. We were and we are that first debtor whom the king forgave an enormous debt. A debt we could never pay. And, Father, I pray tonight that you will forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. Or to use the old language, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Thank you, Lord, that you have wiped out our debt. You've nailed it to the cross and you've paid it in full. It's canceled. It does not stand against us. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here struggling tonight, with unforgiveness, with the torture of unforgiveness, the torture of the hurt of unforgiveness. I pray that tonight there be something that has jogged us and challenged our hearts to start leaning into you and by the power of your Holy Spirit to start living in the life of forgiveness which will ultimately lead us to freedom and to joy. I thank you Jesus for your wonderful teaching an amazing storytelling that gets under our skin and leads us to a place of truth and freedom. And I pray for any dear person tonight that's just really struggling in this area, that God, you will open their eyes and their hearts to the truth of your word and to respond to it in Jesus' name.